What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Bless. This is the MOT Podcast. We're on location right now. Came to catch up with my man, Play, of the world-famous production duo, Play and Skills. Multiple Grammy Award winner in the building. This is our first on-location shoot. Hope you guys enjoy. That, that's kind of our flavor. Um, we were born, uh, me and my brother. My brother is Skills, my other half. He's more of a studio, uh, you know, rat. Um, and you play too much. I'm, I'm the playmaker. <laughs> or you don't play. I'm the playmaker <laughs> and don't I don't play. play. Yeah, I like that. I'm um, from a little town called Irving, Texas, in, uh, from inside of Dallas, uh, from the south side. Got to be clear on that. Um, yeah, man, and uh, we started off as, as, as DJs, doing, doing the house party thing, um, leading into the big nightclubs and throwing our own parties, throwing our own raves. This is um, before they were called electronic festivals, they were like underground raves. And I know Texas uh, was really at the forefront in the states of those like after-hour underground parties yeah. early. We were part of that. We, we, I remember one of my first DJ sets started like five in the morning. My set was like five to seven. And I was still in high school. I was a senior. My brother was a junior. So we played our set, went straight to school. Um, Story of my life. Yeah, there it is, man. And, and we played a little bit of everything, like hard house, drum and bass, jungle, mixed into like hip hop. Um, and this is vinyl days, man. This is uh, Technique 1200s. This is when you have to have skill to be able to. This is bring your needle. Your needle gets fucked up. You better take it out and, and lick the thing, get it back on. And you have two, three homies to carry that, that recycling bin crate. Yeah, 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 man. So, you know, we come from that era, that golden era of DJing, which led us into producing and and really taught us the art of like chopping up samples because we had to use the MPC and we act, actually had to go to a record shop and shop for, man, my Saturdays would be seven to eight hours in a record shop, piling records, bringing them to the listening st station, finding which one, because I didn't have no money to buy, so I had to yeah. make sure I was buying the right one to find the right sample space. Of course. Um, yeah, and the, you know, we, we started producing records and my um, first passion was, was hip hop and all the genres that we were doing. Um, we, we grew up in a really Latin household, but outside, as soon as I walked out, it was like all black neighborhood. So yeah. I was engulfed in the African uh, American culture with the hip hop and basketball. Yeah. Although my father was a professional soccer player. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't know, man. It was like this crazy Eclectic mix, man. Background. Absolutely. What absolutely. kind of shit did you first start chopping up and looping? Was it like jazz? Was it like James Brown soul? Was yeah, it so, like so that, more that, New York kind of shit? Yeah, you absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like Primo was like inspiration. Primo was um, my big brother, man. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Primo. Yeah, man, I used to listen to like these Cornerstone mixtapes with the DJs cutting it up. and Cornerstone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know like right now our um, we're having our, our run in this. In this electro latin thing that we're doing and it's still urban based but i mean we are hip-hop heads man. oh i did my research that's, yeah, that's yeah. why I, I kind of bring this up i have to clarify that sometimes sometimes people don't know i definitely saw that you kind of guys started as producer djs but heavily heavily hip-hop guys for sure and then i guess naturally you transitioned into when latin exploded yeah. just because you have that in your blood and in your culture i guess it was an easy transition for you guys yeah, um, you know, a uh, little bit of history. Uh, 2003 was our first platinum record we produced. A guy by the name of Lil Flip, who's mm. a Texas hip-hop legend, um, gave us our first break. My homie Arsonist uh, at Heatmakers has a couple plaques there. We yeah, he, he produced one, You Gotta Feel Me, the same yeah, album we yeah. did together. He shout did. out Arsonist, shout What's out What's up, man? He's we dope. Heatmakers is fucking sick, by the way. And they were the kings of chop, speaking of chopping up. Like, 
those samples. I don't know how the hell they. That's the school we come from. Too. Absolutely, man. I'm 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 happy to say I, I, I'm engulfed in that and I'm inspired and it, it goes into what I'm doing as well. Of course. Um, but yeah, 2003 and then 2005, Texas hip hop blew up with uh, this whole Swisher House, Screwed and Chop Sound with Mike Jones, Paul Wall, and then Chameleonaire, which we did Ride and Dirty. We uh, produced and co-wrote that. It was our first number one record, Billboard Hot 100. Um, first real check, I was able to get out the hood, buy something nice, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was a it's funny, moment. When he had that record and you guys won the Grammy that year, I think it was 07. So the first time I met Chameleonaire, he came to do your single right. at a bar mitzvah. Full circle, man. Fucking very random. Probably <laughs> one of my most random uh, things we were talking about that on the drive up here. And shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cam, uh, you know, we have a lot of history, um, even on our come up. You know, we produce a lot of the underground. This is screw and chop era of hip hop for us, where Mike Jones, Mike Jones, like DJ the underground mixtapes. We sold mixtapes at every man. little um, mom and pop store all through Texas, eight dollars a pop, and everybody got pretty made good, pretty good money off. You of that. guys, I feel, were very strong in Texas on the independent movement. You guys sure. were early on being self sufficient mm -hmm. and and really having a sustainable kind of like boutique business model. Absolutely, had had to. I mean. Again, I knew it cost you know a dollar twenty nine to press a CD. Shrink, shrink, shrink wrap sent to me. I put it in a box. We we hop in our little suburban that was wrapped with our faces on it. Of course. And we'd ride down forty five and the rims. At the rims and you know and we'd stop at every little store in San Antonio and Austin and Tyler, Texas and Texas. All these little towns that you know people would not pay attention to, but they all had mom and pop stores. We drop off our CD. They would oh, yeah. buy. 30, 40 pieces, that was like, that was our dope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That was like a safe way of hustling. Um, but we were very, you know, very, you're right. You know, it was our boutique style. And to this day, it carries over into our business because we're self-sufficient at everything because we knew how to do it. Well, you guys also built a really solid foundation. See, all those cats that took those mixtapes, when you win a Grammy and when you work with somebody, you know, huge like Yankee, they go back and do the knowledge and they're like, okay, these cats are serious. Right, right, right. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't just fall into this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's that's, important to do the, that groundwork. You absolutely. Know? You know, that's where you actually, that's where you buy respect, so to say. You know, so even though it was earned, mm -hmm. not, you know, monetarily bought, but um, we earned that through, you know, these drives and these, and, and, and just putting out just content and then being really smart about how we did it. You know, we were collaborating with artists that people wouldn't think we would collaborate with from, the Slim Thugs to the legendary Scarface to everything in between that. Mind you, we're two Latinos, you know, it was very odd for us to be doing what we were doing. But again, hip hop was in our blood, that's how we grew up. Um, and, and that turned into, you know, um, this whole, uh, you know, um, explosion of like the super producer at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so we found ourselves marketing our brand, playing skills, and putting ourselves in a video, making sure you were one of the first producer groups to put our tag at the beginning of a song. Oh, wow. Yeah, the play and playing play skills is actually from MPC. I'm actually just hitting my own voice oh. um, <clears throat> doing that, but I installed that into my record contract as well when I did a producer agreement with any artist. You want to keep the tag. So you must keep it. my tag on it. So I'm going to build my brand mm -hmm. to it be the Bentley, the phantom of the producer world, Fuck worth, yeah. you know, $8 for us to produce a record. <clears throat> Not that we were any better than anybody else. But like anything, you know, marketing. It's marketing, you know. So that took us to Lil Wayne, got money, um, featuring T Pain on the Carter Three, which was Big our second second Grammy, our our second number one, massive album, massive, arguably a classic, in yeah. my book for sure, a great moment in hip hop, and yeah, man, I mean, we just started getting placements left and right, working with all kinds of different people, 
Um, and just and just always in the back of our head, though, I think we wanted to evolve and make this global sound because um, we were inspired by the electronic sound, by the Latin sound that maybe some of the other hip hop cats weren't. I saw what Flo Rida was doing. Pitbull's a good friend of mine. Pit called me one day. was like, yo, I just got back from from Europe on, the, on this tour. Papo, we're doing this wrong. Like, we need to grab these global beats and we need to do freestyles over these beats and we need to live in the clubs. I mean, think about it. Uh, culo was pull up. Mm -hmm. Okay, he just flipped it into some Spanish shit. Bah, 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 bah. That was a dance record and he did Mami and Negro. That's a classic Latin record. Mm -hmm. He's very genius because he would take whatever hip hop record was hot and he'd put an eight or 12 bar Spanglish verse at the beginning and all the radio stations that were rhythmic leaning towards Latinos would play Pitbull's version. Because it would resonate with the market. Absolutely, very, very genius, Ham. We, at the time, were like, nah, hip-hop. You know, like, we're on this hip-hop thing, and uh... Because we remember Pitbull from the mixtape era. Of course, and he could rap. used to have the jersey on. Yeah, yeah, the throwback in the, yeah, the braids. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing him in Florida and shit. We both had the throwback in the braids. He just cut his braids off before us, man. He was really smart and put a suit on, and was like, yeah. yeah, I'm like this Cuban suave guy. Um, yeah, so he caught this wave, man, and, um, and then... I started to see the success globally and started to see the game change. And really, for the playing skills, man, as a producer around that area, era, 2009, 2010, there was a block on payment. There was a block on, because uh, the, the giveaway mixtapes were coming about, free mixtapes. So guys were taking beats and not paying the producers and making full mixtapes off of it, putting it up on the internet or selling it in the streets. And the producer was getting no back end, mm -hmm. no front end. I said, this doesn't sound like a business I want to be in. Mm -hmm. um, so I really got you know, frustrated with that and moved on to wanting to do electronic music because I had, from the very beginning, loved the idea of like electronic music. To me, it's so free, man. There's like no rules, man. You could just, that shit could be 34 bars, not 38. Mm -hmm. The build, the meshing of the music. What year um, was this around? What era were we 2011, talking? 2011, 2010-2011, um, uh, yeah, uh, I uh, linked up with David Guetta. Um, strangely enough, um, somebody at Atlantic Records called us to write hip-hop lyrics and hip-hop chorus over an electronic sound. Yeah. Because we, we were really good at making like pop melodies with urban lyrics and making these massive hip-hop songs via Riding Dirty and Got Money. And the key to that, which I'm sure you'll agree, is having that balance where it sounds authentic, where it doesn't sound cheesy, right. where it's just that right balance that it's palatable for, for both scenes, right? Absolutely, yeah. and I think that the, the, That's the challenge. Yeah, but you know, if you live it, it's not as hard. It's Absolutely. my everyday slang, it's my everyday life. Absolutely. Um, so they brought us in to write uh, Flow Rider Records, and I met David Guetta and he played me this track. Um, which ended up being Where Them Girls At. And we wrote, we wrote the chorus for Flo Rider, and Ghetto was like, no, no, it's a David Ghetto record, man. <laughs> this is gonna be David Ghetto featuring Flo Rider. <laughs> um, and Skill's vocals actually on the song. He's singing a bunch of the background vocals and everything else on it, because we... They just left the part of the reference. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Riding Dirty, uh, Skill sang the original demo of it. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, Got Money. With T Pain Lewis. Because to me, skills. that record was heavily the chorus. Yeah. The beat was fire, but that chorus is what made Genius. it stand out from all and, of the And not to take it with discredit Chameleon in any way. No, he's dope, but. He, he changed some of the lyrics on it. Because originally it was like, uh, they see me smoking, I'm rolling, they trying to catch me riding dirty, but he didn't smoke. 
and he don't and he don't drink. Mm. That was my line. Because yeah. I smoke and I drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he changed lyrics. Anyhow, um, we got brought in to do that. Get a, um, you know, presented the record to to Nicki Minaj, um, and Nicki Minaj had not done an, an EDM record yet or anything that poppy. She was just spitting at the time, you know. Um, and he's like, he called me. He's like, Yo, what do you think about Nicki Minaj on this record? And I was like, Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, let me hear this. And then when I heard her like sing the chorus and this melody, I was like, Wow, this is gonna be. Like next level. So that was our first big break into that world. We continued to work with the Afrojacks. And then um, at the time, we were being managed by LMFAO's manager, Ian Fletcher, who put us on the road, took us on tour with Red Foo and LMFAO. Um, we toured all of Mexico. Then we went to Australia, went to Dubai. And I was like, yo, like, I'm missing the fucking memo because music outside of the States was like, Especially those years. Yes. The electronic shit was so... That was the peak. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, LMFAO had one of the biggest songs of all time with a party rock anthem. And, and then I watched them really... They taught me how to entertain on stage. Like, mm. Red Foo is a walking genius and so underestimated because you may see the zebra suit, the big afro and the glasses and think, well, you know, this is like, uh, you know... Uh, a circus event, shall yeah. I say. Mm -hmm. But no, man. First of all, this is Barry Gordy's son, Mr. Motown's son. Genius, can play instruments, can listen to a record and call the note out, can produce, can write, can DJ. Um, so he was very, very smart about how he did it. He just figured out, he's like, yo, man, like, I want to rap over electronic beats. That's going to be our thing. That's going to be LMFAO. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm half black I'm and white, so zebra thing was a print, the whole nine. But they had dancers on stage. I had never seen a rap act like that massive. Maybe MC Hammer, but you Black know, Eyed Peas at the time were killing Black Eyed Peas, of course. Yeah, so Will I am another musical genius. Of course, I work with Will as well, as well. And that's what I'm saying. It's like I think that sometimes um, the music community looks at somebody and says, "Well, they tag you with this pop fucking uh, label," and they think, "But dude, Will I am can rap as good as anybody else." Oh. He's done stuff for Common and for Game and Nas. That's I think people flawless. forget that, bro. That's you know what flawless. I'm saying? Like, like the shit he did for Nas is fucking, bro. That shit was so hard, Amazing. bro. Amazing. Um, but for his group, he wanted to do, you know, this stuff. And and then what they did was like so genius. Such with a Fergie. talented writer. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Will, man. Really, 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 really dope, man. And yeah, man. We we um, you know, I just I just got exposed to global sounds, man. And I found myself uh, wanting to challenge the playing skills. Uh, sound and take it global and rebranding ourselves too, man. We're 15 years in the game. Had we just stayed with the original sound that we were doing and what was going on, it might have faded away. We might have been like, oh, those guys had, you know. And I feel like you coming from that traditional hip hop background really gave you a leg up on a lot of younger cats who were only trying to do the electronic stuff. Absolutely. Because you have depth to what you're doing. You have that, you know, that. Yeah, background. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all those guys are actually inspired by hip hop, I think. I think from Carnage to. Marshmallow. I worked with Marshmallow before he, you know, he changed his name to Marshmallow. We did. But were they on the MPC? Chopping no, 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 no. They that, were they know. were drawing with their paint brushes on the mouse Fruity Loops thing. That I tell people like the 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 kick drum on an MPC is like none other, man. You can't get that in Logic, man. You can't get that in Fruity Loops. You just you just can't. I don't give a fuck. I mean. My thing with the EDM guys when they do, try to do the trap stuff or the hip hop stuff is like, man, your 808 is way too fucking clean, man. It's like, that's not gonna rattle the motherfucking trunk. Mm -hmm. And you're not gonna understand that because you've never been in a car 
where the fucking speakers are making the fucking trunk rattle, man. Yeah. I get it, you know, and it's clean and it's it's good. It's, it's sometimes it does, it's it's not supposed to be clean. No, man. Sometimes it's supposed, it's supposed to be, to be dirty. It might be a little off, man. And like the the eight oh eight might shake a little too far, and they may cut the eight oh eight towards like just no, no, no. Let the eight oh eight go, so the shit can just rattle the motherfucking trunk, man. I feel you. Um, so we come from that era, man. And but I've been able to evolve. My brother's really a genius with, you know, new sounds and and, and doing all that. And we've been really smart to be able to. Take it to where we're at now, you know, about 2015, I met Daddy Yankee through a mutual DJ friend of ours, DJ Chris Styles. He called me and said that Daddy Yankee was looking for like American records, English records. And I said, dope. Now, mind you, Latin music was not where it's at now. Of course. Um, it's always been popular in Latin America and Miami and the Caribbean, but not globally like it is now. And Yankee, you know, we hooked up in Miami and I, I played him these vibes. And we just, we, we, he's actually hip hop too, man. Like, of course. you know what I'm saying? But I think like people don't, you know, you might hear some of his stuff and, you know, cause he does everything from merengues to fucking, you know, the traditional re reggaeton. And he can rap by the way, cause he, he can I, really, really rap. I know I was telling your boy off camera that um, one of my best friends was a producer named Moss from mm -hmm. Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm. He took me under uh, his wing when I was a kid and he was best friends with Tempo okay. from Puerto Rico. Legend. So I grew up with these guys, you know, and um, they were early, early on the reggaeton. In fact, it wasn't even reggaeton really yet. It was just Latin hip hop. They were just right. rapping over, you know, beats in Spanish. This was Tego, Tego Calderon, Mexicano, RIP Mexicano. And um, so I used to go out to Florida and chill with these guys. And then when Tempo, he caught his case, Yankee was actually the one who, uh, who was, you know, helping him out. And uh, I think yeah. he ended up signing him. So I met these guys early and they were all on some hip hop shit originally. 100% man, 100. Um, and like, cause I see like these top 50 lists, I'm like, I, th I think that some of the Latin guys get left out, you know, um, the MCs and, I mean, cause like I've heard Yankee Freestyle, I've heard him write the lyrics. I mean, he's bar for bar with a lot of these guys. And if you really knew what he was saying, then you'd be like, you'd really appreciate. Yeah. And me being Latino, I can understand both sides of it. Sure. And I can understand his cadence, his flow. Yeah. You know, he's on some- He know, comes from our school where you have to be this level of talent Absolutely. To, to be calling yourself that. But I, I always try to tell people, especially on camera, so that they'll know, like, no, 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 like, do your research. Like, Daddy, no, Daddy Yankee can rap. Yeah. I know he makes these massive global records and like, they feel so good and they're dancing and you know, the whole nine, but He's hip hop, man. 1,000%. Yeah, so that, that took us into like working, man. And um, we, you know, we cut a couple of records. We actually put a record out with him, No Si Legal, which was our first Spanish record. Got us our deal at Sony Latin. And I started learning the game there, but I, watch, I was watching the game shift. I was like, wait a minute, like, because reggaeton was now growing into like just the old traditional reggaeton drum loop and sound into like put hip hop in it, R&B chords, electronic vibes and I was like no no this is going to be very very interesting the evolution, the next, of, the evolution of it and I want to be on the front end doing this For and sure. I was already in love with electronic music I come from a hip-hop background and I'm Latino this makes all the sense in the world yeah so yeah we, we started on that man and we it just it just came in time and um so Yankee was really your first major uh cosign 100 push into the into, into the absolutely line. absolutely daddy Yankee without him I, I don't think we'd be where we were at in, in, in our career you, and in our space. You also work with, is it Sony Publishing? Sony Latin yeah, yeah, Publishing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak to, speak to me about yeah, that. Yeah, I have a publishing deal at Sony ATV uh, Music Publishing, which I've had for 
almost 15 years. Big John Platt and uh, Tubby Holiday signed me very, very early on. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to place enough records. And I say that for the people that know about this stuff. Like when you sign a publishing deal, you're committed to uh, placing X amount of songs. Now, to fulfill the, your contract. To fulfill your contract, right. And that's how you get paid. You get your advances and the whole lot, nine. Now, the model of the music business has changed so many times in between that time. So my contract has been changed. Speak on that because I've heard um, a lot of interesting stories about guys like Dr. Luke yes. where uh, the placement criteria changes from yes. contract to contract. Where it has to be not just a placement, but a single. And has to be a single with a certain amount of performing stats Absolutely. to count as a record. So you could be signed for five years or thirty years, depending on or your how entire it's career. Yeah. You know, it's it's un it's it can be fortunate. I think it's more on the unfortunate side. Side, and I'm um, I'm an advocate for like fighting against that, man. I hate though I hate those type of deals. We were able to restructure with our recent success, thank God. But my first contract we signed, me and my brother. I signed a 20 song deal in 2004. So 20 songs, to make this clear, um, a producer may get 50% on a record, on a great day, mm -hmm. right? That's standard, and that's changed as well, 50%. So I really would need 40 songs to be placed on a major record company that comes out on an album on a release. 40's not easy. Fuck no. 40 <laughs> sounds like a very big, successful catalog of a 25 year career Absolutely. for some people. And we did that in four years. You know, kudos to you. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we worked. We, but it's we, not easy. No, no, no. We were very, we're very, very, very blessed. Um, but we also learned the game, the publishing game, um, on how it really works and how you really get paid. Because we didn't have mom or dad to help us out. We didn't have a mentor. We just kind of like slid along and, and my, did that. My first entertainment lawyer, he always said, in the beginning of every contract, you walk into it knowing you're going to get fucked. However, if it goes well for you, you renegotiate, it's standard, nobody takes it personally. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's the name of the game. You I think it's a show and prove thing. That's um, it. No different than a, than a You than pay a your dues and then you say Rookie look. athlete that comes in with the standard rookie contract and then they- If they're they, making money, they're happy to, absolutely. they expect to renegotiate. Yeah. Can I ask you, that brings me to something that I'm very curious about that I think a lot of people are um, in the dark about, you know, upcoming producers, cats that want to be in this business. Um, a major placement. Okay, when we're talking about a pretty successful record, be it a Getter record, be it a Yankee record, what kind of numbers are we talking for, a, for, for an up-and-coming producer? I'm not talking about your specific contract, but what kind of numbers when you have a major placement, whether we're talking Spotify, whether we're talking about you know, you, the, the publishing that you're owed, what, what are you looking at gross? And, and walk us through the breakdown of there's management, there's lawyer, you know, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, I'll throw some some legit numbers out there. I'm, I'm, I can proudly stand by that because I know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like to ask the person. Yeah, question. no, Whatever and I like to share this because I want producers to be realistic about what it really is. In 2004, we signed our first publishing deal for $450,000 on the 20 songs, which is 40 songs. But back then, I had a lawyer who took 5%. That's right. Off the top. Business manager. I had a business manager, another 5%. I had two other partners in my production company. So my take might have been like 50 grand on it before taxes. So put that into perspective. I thought I was making a half a million dollars. 50 grand, I'm really taking home 35, 36,000. Regular job, your I'm salary. A, right, yeah. and, but I still have to work. Like an animal. Like an fulfill. animal to get my 40 songs yeah. with my brother. 
So, I mean, it was still, that was the most money I ever made. And I was like, man, what I tell all the up and coming producers and young guys, like, no, man, use that first check to straighten your life out mm -hmm. and to set yourself up to make, to make the money to be able to really, really do it. Like, because how often do you get $40,000 in your account? You know what I'm saying? And right. you're really, this is a career defining moment where you're now gonna have an opportunity. Right, So right. the 50 grand is really a thank you. Now it's time to now really time work, to work and, make and it really it make it. So I, I think that people should like get off like, you know, if it's your first go, like get enough money to where you can comfortably do this as a full-time job, a full year, 18 months, pay your fucking rent off, pay your taxes. And dedicate 100% And dedicate 100%. And then if you turn that around, now you're gonna get the payoff where you could go and really do you whatever you like to do. I love that you said that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so that that was that, you know. Now, as the years progressed and we got more s success, first major placement. What kind of what kind of money are we on the back about? end? ASCAP uh, publishing. Um, I was probably getting six figure checks after like a period because there's like a grace period of maybe like twelve to eighteen months before you receive your actual first check from your hit record. So if your song comes out January third. Um, you probably won't receive payment till the following full year, yeah. the real payment. Yeah. Um, and man, we were getting, I mean, just on my end, play for playing skills, probably ninety to $120,000 every three months on my... That's with your publishing? That's my publishing. And, and then, then, up, then, and and then, then royalties. Front, you have a fee, obviously. Yeah, my fee at the time probably, during Ride Dirty, was 50 grand. And you split that with Sony, ATV. Uh, no, not on the front end. We kept on the our, back end. our production fee. That very good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that was. They only took our publishing. We're okay. partners only in publishing. So your your bread and butter was the advance. Absolutely. And then you guys split on the uh, on the back end. Right. They took a small percentage on the back end. Um, so these are records like Riding Dirty, shit like that. Absolutely. At its peak. At its peak. And, and you know they did very very well. That it was life changing. But I didn't know. You know. I mean, bro. I, I'm so comfortable saying this because. Um, and I share this because I don't want anybody to make these same mistakes. Like, man, I remember getting my first publishing check for Ride and Dirty. It's $89,000. And this one, it was Mailbox. Now it's like direct wire, and you can see every little fucking number mm -hmm. by the minute. Um, thank God for technology. Back then, he was just like waiting on that check. I opened my mailbox. I'm like, wow, 89 grand. I called my brother. I'm like, yo, you should be getting this as well because we got the same share. Yeah. So he made it. I literally went to the Cadillac store and brought a, bought a brand new Cadillac XLR for like 70 some thousand dollars and went and bought two jet skis and I mean I have nothing <laughs> I was gonna say this sounds like a great idea no it's a very <laughs> dumb idea I, mean, I share that because you get so excited about course, that you know course. what I'm saying as a producer and, and you, you think oh this ain't shit I got way more, more coming, coming in, in. Yeah. but what people don't realize is like your residuals and your back end money they start to slow down mm -hmm. the next one might be more depending on where the period that you got paid for. But it'll dwindle down. After. It will dwindle down, but I was spending like, I, like it was never gonna stop. Yeah. And I was in the middle of my run and everything else. So that was like a terrible idea. Doesn't happen anymore. Um, and luckily you've had quite a few bigger after, successes. Thank so, God. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, um, so. Can I ask you, how has, uh, whether it's the payment structure or just in terms of, is it more or less lucrative now with streaming versus an 07? Talk to us about you know what you're feeling with the Yankee record versus with the Chameleon Air or the Wayne. Is the cake bigger? Um, oh man. Or, you know, you, 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 you I, I don't know all the way yet, but I'll tell you, I think it's evened out. But, but there was a period about 
2009 to about 2014, where definitely the money was like, it, it was not the same. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we caught like 2004, 2005, 2006, I mean, Scott Storch, the Neptunes, $100,000 mm -hmm. up front, you know, I points. guess they were charging that because they were getting fucked on the back end. Of course, yeah. of course. Um, but I, th I think it's evened out, man. And, but let's be clear, Spotify, man, I mean, to make the penny, it costs more than the penny you're actually gonna get paid on. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, what do like, you figure a song like Con Calma or any massive pop song, uh, even Nets from Spotify? I would think three million, but you probably gotta spend 1.5 that radio to get it there. Uh, you know what the thing about Konkama was that was very special, man? Um, it was a very organic song. I'm sure they spent the money. I don't know the exact business of, of what Yankee and them spent, but because of streaming and because of YouTube and because of Instagram and all these all this stuff, like, I mean, we got free marketing out of it, man. People were making dance videos. Everybody's playing it. It went viral. It went like viral, for sure. So that was, you know, that's a, that's a different type of song to compare that to, but it's definitely in the millions if you get a hit song and... Um, and we were able to restructure our publishing deal, and we're, now we're back in control. It's amazing. You know, and that's, really happy that, that's all, the whole thing about producers and artists. What I tell everybody is like, you might have three or four years where, you know, the playing field is not the same, and you got to regroup and rebrand and get with the times. Um, but you can definitely come back. We've done it two or three times in our career where we like, we never went ice cold, but staying at the top and staying hot. It's a wave. Life's a wave. Life's a cycle. That's any producer. Up and down. Any. It can happen to any artist, actor, actress, you know, in the, in the entertainment world, you know, they chew us up and they spit us out whenever they feel like it. It's just the way it is. The name man. of the game is longevity. Absolutely. You want to be doing this for And you got to stay safe, you know. I always tell people, you know, like as much as we want to speak out and do certain things, like remember that, you know, you know, we can be held accountable for all this stuff. So if you want longevity in the game, you got to understand this is a business, this is ran a corporate. I don't care how independent people think they are. We're really not. Mm -hmm. It still has not got to that point. I That's think right. in the future one day, we'll be able to say, hey, anything to do with playing skills, go to playingskillsmusic.com. Yeah. You want to buy our music, you want to watch our video, this is the only place for you to get a source, a source of our music. But it's not there. No, absolutely and not. And I think a common misconception is now people seem to think, oh, well, you know, everybody's independent, but they don't realize the same guys that were the gatekeepers at the major labels are now at Apple Music, and grooves, YouTube, and in grooves, and, in grooves and, and streaming, and all the streaming platforms. Absolutely, the same guys who are running those companies are running, you know. Can I ask you, according to my brother Snow, yes. you guys were the ones who kind of uh, put the idea together for Concalma. Facts. How did that come about? Like, how did you say, I'm going to flip this... Uh, snow record and reach out to snow, you know, pretty yeah. much out of the blue. Man, that 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 is a life changing story, man. Because, and I'll say this: every hit record that we've had, um, wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, like "Ryan Dirty" was the last song on Commander's album. The very last song turned in two days before it went on the album. Was never going to be an official single. And Charles Chavez who was our business partner who uh, found Pitbull and Baby Bash and Frankie J and us and, um, and Chameleon was managing Chameleon at the time, forced Ride and Dirty to go on there. He serviced the song at radio and it became a hit, but it was not supposed to go on that album. Got Money was recorded by Capona Noriega. Wow. Plies. Shout out to Nori. My dog. 
I got to say the story too, man. Um, no, I had to call Nori and tell him this. Because <laughs> Nori was excited about God Money. He was like, and T-Pain's smoking hot this time. Super hot. And Nori's like, I got a T-Pain record. And Capone's snapping on the song. I'm like, yo, Nori, um, I got these Wayne vocals yesterday. This is like a ah. month before Carter Three comes out. Wayne's the hottest human being on the planet. And Nori blessing is like, yo, son, go get it. I'm sure that's what it is. Nori's old school. I'm sure he understands. Unbelievable. First of all, Nori's one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, so for me to, and him to have that type of dialogue was amazing. But then I had to like tell one of my favorite rappers, like, I got to take the song from you, man. And, um, and again, so that happened by default. Pitbull actually recorded Got Money and TVT would not clear uh, uh, Pitbull with T-Pain. So Pitt was like, yo, find a home. And I get a phone call one day from T-Pain's manager, like, uh, Wayne's putting this on his album. And this is, I'm actually praying to be on the Carter Three because every producer wants to be on this. Yeah, that was a grail record that year. That yeah, was the know, biggest, I think that was the biggest record in hip hop that year. For sure, yeah. 100%. Um, so that happened and you know, all, the, all my hit records kind of just, we stumbled across, man. I think sometimes we go in as producer rappers like, yo, this is it. No, man, you gotta let fate you know, kind of a hell of a fucking journey. Yeah, man. And and I I, live, I stand by like fate over faith mm-hmm. in a crazy way because sometimes I think like we let faith overtake us into thinking that you know uh, it, it's gonna happen, bro. It's already gonna happen. Whatever it's gonna be, you gotta kind of let it take its course. You gotta do the things you gotta do, but there's only so much praying that you could do without you actually putting the work for your fate to actually happen. You know what I'm saying? If I'm just sitting in this room praying. And you know, having all the faith in the world that God is going to look after me, I still got to do my job. He's going to do his job. Mm-hmm. And with all these records, fate definitely kicked in. Um, so fate over faith for me, and feeling over perfection for sure. When it comes to making these shits, one hundred percent. And there's no way because they'll try this fucking formula. Three minutes and five seconds, eight bar. Nobody knows, bro. We don't know the freak. It's all about the frequency. We're tapping into random shit. Some yeah. resonates, some doesn't. Yeah. And soul, man. I still live by, like, I think all hit songs hit your soul in, in a cheesy way, a gimmicky way, a great way, a message. Uh, Real art has to evoke emotion. Yeah, it's a either way. Um, so anyhow, yeah, so Konkama, um, that take, yeah, it takes me Konkama, and I was in the studio one night in L.A. Uh, working with my team and one of my writers. Started doing a freestyle. And he was like, and I was like, yo, that's it. I love Informer, bro, but we got to really flip this, man. And I play Informer in every one of my DJ sets. Get out of here. Yeah, all the way up to it now. It works universally, right? Absolutely. It's always worked. It always will work. Always. Vegas, uh, Miami, all around the world. It's one of them songs. It's a time of song, and I always loved it. I thought Snow's Delivery was Amazing. I can never rap along to the song, by the Snow's way. Snow's a genius, and I think I, sa- I said this when we had him on the show. Um, you know, he's an old friend of mine, but like beyond all that, just like artist to artist, I always felt like he was so talented and so ahead of his time that people compared him for a lack of better comparison to whatever Marky Mark or whatever was at the time. But this guy ain't no Marky Mark. This Hell guy no. is a world-class talent. To this Super. day, nobody can even duplicate what he no. does. 
Um, and salute to you guys for bringing him into the fold yeah. and putting him on it because I know a lot of producers and a lot of people in Yankee's position wouldn't feel that they need to, yeah. but I think it just made this record and this whole story even more epic. The energy was right. You know, We had to do it like and that. And it's really international. Absolutely. You got Yankee, you got you guys who are American, and then you got Snow who's Canadian. It's, right. it's it, it, insane. You know, it's a great story, man. Absolutely, man, and, and, and the, the, you know, so, so, yeah, the freestyle was happening. I was like, we were working on two other songs, and I was like, yo, st everybody stop. Skills, give me a reggaeton loop right now, 94 BPM, or 90 was the time. We did that 90 BPM right now. Cop, 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 cop. And I told my guys to go in there and just do the freestyle. I don't care if the lyrics are right. Just say, con calma. Fuck it, the lamp looks great. I don't know what the fuck, whatever, just do this. We still don't know what he said. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I said, I wanna play this for Yankee. It's four in the morning in LA. I waited to about 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, Puerto Rico time, I knew he was in Puerto Rico. He's a morning guy. I said, I'm gonna FaceTime him. So I FaceTime him, I'm like, yo, I got the next one, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited, everybody. And I play him shit in the studio, you know, over FaceTime, and he's like, Wow, he's like, don't touch that. Nobody can have that. I'm getting to LA in a week. He was doing a show at Staples Center. Correct. Said, yeah. yeah, so he wanted to record. He had back-to-back uh, -back sold out nights in LA at the Staples Center. And the second night he was like, uh, I want you guys to come to the show. But right after the show, I want to go record Con Calma. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, like, you're gonna perform for two hours and a half. Voice is gonna be finished. He's like, no, no, let's do it. I said, all right, all right cool. So I go to the show and he just fucking rocks out. And he texts me literally right when he gets off stage, he's like, I'm on my way to the studio. I'm like, well, fuck, I gotta go through traffic. He beats me to the studio, nobody. His driver and him goes into the studio, this midnight, and we record the first version of Con Calma. And we knew, we were like, wow, this is gonna be- Legendary. Massive. Massive. So we went through the process of doing that a couple times, and then it came to the snow thing. And- Whose idea was that, you or Yankee? It was, it was collective. I, I think it was like the hip hop in me that said- Let's reach back. Let's reach back, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I always love when people flip records, like Puff Daddy was the king of that, Jermaine, and like, you know, oh, you know, just, just it, hip hop. It's, it was, and it's authentic when you got the Yeah, when you get the original. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I feel like in hip hop, the, the, like the version would come out, right? And then the remix would have, like Ashanti did it with Biggie, you know, on Foolish, and you know, I can go on and on mm -hmm. in the stories of hip hop where like, you come out and then the remix of the original, so I was infatuated by that. Um, but it turns out that Daddy Yankee is a huge Snow fan. That's what I heard, like yeah. massive. I mean, he, he, you know, he was reciting Lonely and, and, and like these, he's like, no, no, my flow. He's like, look at one of my early videos. Like I'm mimicking one of Snow's video. And he showed both videos. That's amazing. And I was like, wow, this has got to come together. We didn't know how to make it together. We couldn't find Snow. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I kind of read on the net some crazy shit, and I was like, oh, well, this ain't gonna fucking happen. <laughs> Snow can be hard to find sometimes if he doesn't want to be found. And true story, man. Uh, I don't know the chronological order of how this happened, but I know that um, me and Snow talked through Facebook. Like, his real name came up as, like, sent me a message. Darren. Darren O'Brien. Yes. And I said, man, what the, is this really my fucking Snow, man? So then I messaged him, and I was like, well, call me. So we got on the phone, yeah. and it was snow. I was like, yo, like, I'm trying to cover your record, bro. This Daddy Yankee's like, send it to me, let me hear it. So I sent it to him, and he was like, this is dope. I've never really cleared this. 
you know, I don't know how many people have tried. I'm sure many. Mm-hmm. But Daddy Yankee snapped on this. I got to do this. That's what he said to me. He goes, listen, man, I know Daddy Yankee's huge and everything, but if the music isn't right, I'm not interested. And he's really one of those guys who, like, if you don't know him personally, like, he's the most down-to-earth guy, but it's all about the music. Snow's old school. For I sure. respect that. I love that. I do, Most too. people would have been like, Yankee, I don't care what it sounds like. Let's do it. It's no, going to no, be good. That, and there was no denying Yankee because Yankee smashed it, of No, course. that's what he said. He said he was really excited when he heard it because he felt like he, he, he killed it. So he Did was, justice. like, happy. And that's it. my thing about flipping records, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to, especially if you touch a classic, you better do just as good or better absolutely um then you flipping a, a classic and daddy man. you know daddy yankee put his own his own vibe on it absolutely which was man. so dope so months passed by on the man we had so many arrangements on the song man i mean at, at one point it almost looked like snow wasn't going to be on it um and yankee was pulling for where we were and then you know the publishing and this and that you know mc shine was a, a part of this as well oh wow yeah. yeah so you know there was a lot of uh, layers to go layers through. to go through to properly do this and put this out. Meanwhile, Despacito's fucking banging for a Yankee, and he's on the biggest record of all time. Uh, Duda comes out, and Yankee's on his like third, so fourth win. Stage is set. Stage is set. But I, right before Duda comes out, I hit him like, yo, like, what are we doing? For me, I needed Concama to come out to stamp myself in the Latin business. Mm. Um, so I was just praying that this was gonna come out, man. And time just passed, Dura came out, and that lasted a whole year. And I was like, damn it, man, like, when is this coming? Then I get a phone call uh, October of last year. After the many, many arrangements that we went through it, he sends me a file. He's like, this is it. October, we're coming January. Wow. I was like, I knew it was going to be a massive record. I, I just knew in my heart that it was going to be just one of those special records. I was so happy that Snow was a part of it. I felt like musically we did justice to it. We brought a new vibe. The arrangement was perfect. Man, and you know, here we are, man. You know, number one, 14 weeks straight. You did a great job, man. Billion plus views, a billion streams, a life changer for everybody. I'm so happy for Snow. I'm sure that it's doing wonders for him. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I'm happy that he's a part of it. He wasn't just like, I mean, you know, he got, man, he got to perform with Yankee, like in Canada. That's some ill shit, man. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Because sometimes, like, I think people try to force like success man like or just the timing's off yeah you know like or you might have to shift like who and what you are in the business and that's okay too you know what i'm saying like i saw pharrell talking to uh actually a fellow canadian nardwar i don't know if you've seen yeah, this is a really crazy interview crazy dude, yeah. and he asked um pharrell about teddy riley another musical genius yeah and he said you know at the time i guess uh teddy riley's studio had burnt down in virginia and there was all kinds of drama and he asked pharrell and pharrell said the fucking most simple amazing shit he said Talent will always find a home. I, I, I would, talent never dies for me. Just a, a matter of timing. 100, if, if you're really talented, it will come one way or another. You know, you just got to stick at it. And, you know, the, the unfortunate part is like, we're still human beings. Like, we still got a government name, like with a fucking ID or a mm. passport number. And life goes on away That's from right. your, you know, this superhuman being that you make yourself up to be. Yeah. So life can kick your ass in between that. And juggling that for you to stay on course. And the come up is big and the come down is steep sometimes, right? I think it's harder. It is. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like to go back to being a normal person when man, you've tasted you know, all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then like, you know, you live a certain way and then you have to, you know, that right there is like, there's no school for that. You know Can I ask you a question? Biggest win in relation to your career mm. 
and biggest regret so far in relation to your career? Ooh, biggest win. I think the biggest win for, for me is like doing this with my brother, my blood brother, because the journey has been together from day one, from like literally in our one bedroom apartment with mom and dad, no musical background. Like we better make this shit happen or we're just gonna live in these section eight apartments the rest of our lives. I know the feeling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so there's not one particular moment. I think the entire ride together with him has been amazing. Um, I think the biggest regret is trying to do it with my friends and family. I say that because it just doesn't mix, man. When I got on, I was like, I'm gonna put my block on, I'm gonna put the homie on. Yo, you gonna be the DJ. Yo, you gonna be the road manager. Yo, you gonna be the assistant. He can't spell. He can't write an email. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just great people, but... Let alone being as committed as you are. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? So I had to learn to like do that. Filter, and if I, filter. If I could go back and, and just be like, no, I, let's just be friends. Let's find another business for us to do together. Let me invest into something else with something you guys. Something that they're great at. Yeah, that you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever it may be. A restaurant, whatever. Right, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's do a barbershop. Let's do a clothing mm, store. Let's do that. whatever the case. But I try to force them into the music because I wanted them to be a part of what I was doing, but they're not gonna be as passionate as me. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the flight for me to come here to the show was because of passion, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, because really, I just got, I'm coming from the Bahamas, like, through a storm and coming here. That, yeah. You gotta love what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? And you gotta have uh, a mission, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I wanna add to our legacy, you know what I'm saying? And, and just for the people who don't understand, we're talking about passion and determination and just going above and beyond because it's just who you are, like, People don't realize, like, in order for us to even make this conversation happen, we're texting each other at two in the morning, right. going back and forth, yo, what's up, blah, 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 because he's passionate about it and we're passionate about it. Yeah, you guys drove and all the way here, you know, from, with, from a ways and out. And it was a pleasure because I could tell you're, you're a like-minded cat. Right. And, you know, I, 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 that's rare in the business, you know, and those are, I think, the people who have longevity versus just fall into a sweet position and then fall out of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and staying humble across... Man, I was just having a conversation with my team on the way here because we got asked to go to, to work with a particular artist and this artist shit on us really bad. Not but maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. Now the tables have turned. Of course. And I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in this situation like the, the ego, the street, the background of me wants to be like, no. And then the business mind kicks in and goes, no, no, humble yourself, my man, and continue winning. And continue to go. And continue straight. to go because at the end of the day, this person is not gonna sit at my Thanksgiving table with my family. Yeah, no, another bit of uh, uh, that I would, advice I would give somebody is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's really not personal. I'm yeah. telling you, some of the same guys that, you know, told us fuck off or we told them fuck off, we'll get a check together now. Why and I, not? And I wish that I wouldn't have went through that whole motion. So I'm, we're a lot more seasoned when it comes to that. We learn how to deal with Man, look, man, even like when, when I'm playing a DJ set, like today, I may play the DJ set. The proper thing for a DJ before another DJ is not to play their hit song or anything too crazy, right? So that you won't burn the DJ. Of course. I find myself being in a nightclub sometimes and the DJ is just running through every hit five minutes before I get on. I'm like, fuck, man, like, what am I going to play? Yeah, that's disrespectful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're going for the easy win to try and, but you know. there's two sides to that. Now this guy is playing a stage in a moment probably about 12, 15, 12, 30, before we go on, that he probably doesn't get a crowd, an audience this big, and he wants to go Flex. in, and yeah. for him. Yeah. 
So I told myself differently. Reverse psychology was, no, no, I'm going to play the same song. I'm just going to play it a different way. You know, my chant. And you my shine thing. for, you just show the difference between Absolutely. what you do and you know what I'm saying? Because we used to have like a list of, do not play. <laughs> and I was like, bro, like, who's going to play like, you know, like mid 2000s? Somebody's probably playing Kokama right now. Absolutely. This conversation. It just happened to me at a big festival. Like, the DJ, right before we come out, I was like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like, you got you got to be an idiot. Yeah, is what I'm thinking. Then I'm like, you know what, man? Like, it's a big record. He wants to have his moment. You know, cool, no problem. Let him. So breathe. again, you know, the humbleness in that is like, yo, man, like I can't stop what somebody else is gonna do. I just got to worry about what I'm gonna do on stage, and you know, worry about me and my brother's business, man. And we've tightened our circles down, man. I would tell anybody, man, as much as you want to put your friends on and your family and everything else, that will dwindle dwindle down. Look at anybody in the history of music, and look at them at their at their end of their career, when they're at the, they are solidified who they are. I don't care who it is, Luda and DTP, Jay and The Rock, you know what I'm saying? I can go down the line of, and their shit has dwindled down and, and is completely different than their very beginnings because, you know, we want to do that, but that's really the wrong thing to do in business. It's not that they're bad people, they're not qualified to be a manager. Because they can't write an email. And it's, not, it's not nothing bad. It's just like, no, nah, you, fam, you dropped out in eighth grade. You know not what I'm saying? Like, you're not qualified, my G. Like, how about do something else for me, man? Here, here's 100 grand, go open a restaurant. I don't know, whatever else, Keep man. Your but circle small. But I can't have you write my email because now you're fucking up. And I don't know why my business, my business was going backwards. I'm thinking to my head, like, bro, I don't understand. I have, why, why is this happening? You know, but I had the wrong people, you know, in this situation. And I lost friends because of that. Long life, childhood friends because. We tried to do that. So I always advise people like, man, not to say it can't happen. There are LeBron James and his people and other people that, but these are also educated men. Yeah. It's a big difference. So, you know, making those decisions in business is what will your equal Make your sure longevity. Make sure the people in your inner circle are competent to play their position. Absolutely. Even, and if so, it's no, even better. That's right. But that's sometimes, I mean, more and more likely than not, man, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's gonna be very rare for you to like grow up with a group of people, come up and you all, it just is really hard. I, Speaking I of humble it. beginnings, um, how did it feel being that kid from you know, the basement in Texas on the MPC to winning your first Grammy, to winning a Grammy, yeah. period? Uh, Surreal, I imagine. <laughs> you know what's crazy? <laughs> it's like the Grammys is like, uh, for, for people that don't, it's a lo- very long process, away from the, like what's aired on TV, fucking five hours, so. but then like, the other nominations that are not televised probably start around 2 p.m. L.A. time. Yeah. And the Grammys don't start to actually 6 p.m. Yeah, they give out a bunch of awards you prior know, to So we got there early, man, and the first Grammys, like, again, we took all our friends and you know, we took, it was 10 of us on a red carpet. It was were you wearing long t-shirts and fitted man, my, caps that were My too blazer big jacket was so damn big, bro. <laughs> I still have it. It was so it was so oversized. <laughs> I was so big. I look back, I had a big old chain and my jeans were big. The long chain. <laughs> <laughs> big old play chain. It was like the press play button. It was when, like when we had the big belt buckles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I look back and I'm like, I didn't get it. I was happy that I was here with my friends, um, and we got there early. And and the category was best collaboration, best hip hop collaboration, and um, Ludacris, Money Shaker. Um, I forget the other ones, but we won. But it was very quiet in this auditorium, and they were like. When it was riding dirty, Commander was riding dirty, and we like, ah, we started hugging each other. It was quiet. Everybody was looking at us crazy. It was like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. We won, motherfucker. That's your moment, bro. I was like, yo. And at the Grammys, if you're a nominee or if you're a winner, they have a bar 
in an open bar. I was like, wrong guys to bring to an open bar after winning a Grammy. Like, man, I just, two years ago, I was <laughs> walking in the projects, bro. Yeah. We, we annihilated that open bar. There was no more vodka left. And these Grammy after parties, you get litter than lit. Like, oh, so absolutely. lit that you want to network, but you can't no. because you're incoherent yeah. within an hour. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's a place of, uh, man, of achievement, shall I say. You're, you're in a group, uh, you know, in a room full of the peers that you grew up with, yeah. your competition, you idolized, and you're just, it's, it's just an arrival moment, man. So that, that first one was like, for life, you know, was a definitely, um, man, it was, it was so, and I'm, I'm gonna share the story because it's so funny, man. I, we got on the red carpet, our publicist walks us, it's 10 of us, they don't even know who the fuck we are. First of all, we're just a producer group nominated for something. We're not even the artists, we're just a producer group in it, right? But you're still, we're still part of the nomination, but we are smart enough to go and do, no, we're gonna do media on the red carpet and be like, we're the producers of Ride and Dirty, the co-writers. A lot of producers weren't doing that. You know? It really was the record of the year. Absolutely. Beyond the Grammy, like it was huge. Like, For sure, you know what I'm saying? Place. Like, And we go do an interview with CNN, and I forget who exactly was was the person interviewing us, but she was like, uh, you guys excited? It's your first time? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, nominated for Ryan Dirty. Oh, that's amazing, I love that song. And she was like, are you excited for the police tonight? And I was like, nah, no, you know, our record's riding dirty. Like the message is not, we're not for that, that type of police. <laughs> and she looked at me like, cool, I walk off, I go sit down. I'm lit from the goddamn thing. I sit down, <laughs> fucking sting comes out. You're like the police. It's a band, the police. I'm like, oh fuck. And they start playing and I'm like, wow, on CNN play, really? like. Yeah, I was like, that is classic. Thank right God there. social media wasn't that oh, I uh, big yet. I'd still be a meme. <laughs> the police, I can see it now. Uh, but MySpace, I mean, I guess that's really... Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, again, I'm brand new. I'm not educated now. When I go to an award show, I play somewhere, I try to educate myself about where I am, what city I am. Like, man, I had to learn lingo. Man, you know, in California, when I'm in North California, the Sureño, Norteño, like I had to learn Politics all. Politics big time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you're a smart artist, you learn where you're standing, your, your location. Especially I know Texas being so close to Mexico is really heavy on that. On Absolutely. That you, you, got, you, gotta, you, know, you gotta know how you're, how you're moving, you yeah, know what I'm saying? 100%. Or you'll catch yourself in a... I actually like did a show in, in near the Bay in North California and I had a 214 hat. That's when people were in their area codes. That's the area code in Dallas. Mm -hmm. That's 14. So up there, that's 14, it's like, no, no, we're 13. Like, 13, it's like, there's some gang shit. So a guy with like four goons walks up at the stage, he's like, hey, Holmes, take that off. I'm like, nah, I was like, for what? He's like, no, no, you gotta take that off, homie. Like, you're in the wrong place with that. I was like, no, it's 214, like, my area code, look at my phone number. He's like, no, no, take They're that like, off. like, we get it. Oh, you're not, <laughs> you're not leaving, you're not going on stage. I was like, all right, cool, no problem. And I was like, man, you know what, from here on out, whether it's award shows or shows or, I try to educate myself with, you know, as much information so I know, you know, what I'm getting myself into. But man, that police moment was like epic, epic, embarrassing moment. But I can, you know, like I said, man, when you get to a certain point in your career, you can laugh at making mistakes financially, making the wrong moves or everything else. It would suck if like that was my only moment. I'm like, oh, I, I ruined myself. Like, luckily, you got you got to get back to the park. Absolutely. So the following year, you you're back at the Grammys with uh, the with Carter Little Win. Yeah. 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 The Carter Three. This was different because now I knew how how to move at the actual Grammys. Um, and we took our pops with us this time. So it was just me, uh, my dad, and uh, and and Skills. What a and, sick moment to be able to share with your family. Absolutely, too. man. It's and great. and so crazy because the Carter Three, the whole album had about 50 of us sitting in the middle of uh, the Staples Center at the Grammy Awards, and it was all the producers and everybody involved. I mean, you name it. 
literally, my dad's sitting here, David Banner's to the right of him, Snoop Dogg's to the left. Snoop's firing a damn joint at the mm-hmm. Grammys. Pops is in the middle, David Banner's right here, you know, and it's like everybody from the car to there. I was like, this is some ill ass shit. Surreal moment, yeah. Surreal moment. And uh, we won hip hop album of the year, but then record of the year was what everybody was after. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, there's no, that's the most prestigious award, sure. you know, record of the year. And I forget the name of the band that, that won. Um, it was like a country folk band, I think. And when they announced their name, the entire place booed. And this whole section, was like hip hop, the entire hip hop community got up, stormed the fuck out, pissed off. Wow. Because we lost and we should have got record of the year. Yeah. No doubt about it. Grammys is notorious for the politics of Absolutely. keeping hip hop on the outer, outer yeah. circle of all that so, shit. And there's a lot of politics people need to understand with the Grammys. Like, you know, it's a committee at the end of the day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you got to sign up and be a part of it. You got to go be part, part of, you got to campaign. Sure. You got to go to these dinners. You got to, you know, and the smart artists go and do all this stuff. They're a part of this thing. There's guys like Eminem who are the He's like, polar opposite. Absolutely. And I get it. I understand now as well. So there's a fine line. M can do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? M's fine. He's still going to be, I'm going to go to the dinners. I'm going to go play my, you know, it's just levels, man. You know what I'm saying? To to that. But I think it's getting better, man. You know what I'm saying? I see. And I feel like Latin music, I mean, this might be an interesting year for Latin music. It better be. Fingers crossed for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I read an article about Concama possibly being nominated at the actual Grammys. I feel like it should. Yeah. 1.2 billion views that you guys are at. Yeah, yeah. It's the most uh, viewed uh, YouTube video of the year. Um, on that alone, it should get a nod at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would hope. I mean, but again, you know, um, politics. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm praying, and and again, I'm gonna let fate kind of do its thing. Of course, I got my faith, but it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, and we've done everything that we could do. It would be amazing, you know what I'm saying, for that, um, for Snow, for us. I would um, love to see. And that Yankee, happen. man. But it's time for Latin music to get that type of recognition. It's coming one way or another. The numbers are undeniable. I mean, the think, momentum's think undeniable. Think about this. Despacito got robbed. You know, that was for sure the most popular song in the damn world through, I think it was 2016, whatever it was. I mean, yeah. it broke every damn record oh, yeah. you could think of, and it didn't win a fucking award at the Grammys. But it can only be denied for so long. Look how long it took hip-hop to get it. Exactly. I mean, I think we're in the same, you know, that... that You're right behind the hip-hop inching right, in now. Right, right. You know yeah. I'm saying? Like, it took a minute for... Uh, people to understand the hip hop, hip hop culture, and it took OGs and, and people to just, you know, from the Run DMCs to, to the to do this, this, and that to push into it. We're kind of in that era now, you know what I'm saying? Of all that, man. And there's amazing artists, there's the OG legendaries like Daddy Yankee and and We Sing Yandel and Don Omar. And then you got like the young guys like Osuna and Balvin and Bad Bunny that got like this new, whole different Latin vibe. Like if you look at those guys, I actually was like, on my gram today, and I was like looking at, at some of these guys, and I was like, yo, man, like, they're tatted up, right? Um, they're like so hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I got throwback jerseys, like, it's like so hip hop. I remember when I was a Latin artist, right? And I did that, and they were like, you're trying to be black. Mm. And people are afraid to talk about this, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I'm like, no, 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 you're trying to be black. Like, but you're, you're Latino, like, why are you trying to be black? And like, why are you doing black music? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm doing hip hop. Hip hop has no fucking color, what do you mean? Like, well, I feel like even like what we were talking about with Snow, it totally relates, where sometimes you're so ahead of your time that there's nothing legitimate to relate you to, right. and it goes over people's heads. And, and you know, it, it, it kind of like made me feel a certain way about it, because I'm looking now, I'm like, these guys are all doing the Yo, fucking same man. shit we were and doing. And all the young guys, and then they're, they're getting all the credit for like, 
But it's great. I feel like we knocked that that we helped knock that door down. We were part of that 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 and whole thing. And luckily, you have a you have a nice stake in that. Yeah, for being sure. at the forefront in that. Exactly, now. exactly, and and being humble about it as well. One thousand. Uh, let me ask you, what's next for you? What's next for playing skills? Um, <clears throat> uh, lots of new collaborations. Um, I've been in the studio with Yankee. Went back in like two weeks ago. Dope. In Puerto Rico, and we have some. Man, I wish I could speak, but he asked me not to. But like, there's a massive collaboration that's on the way that we got. Um, we have a playing skills Zion Zion Lennox and Daddy Yankee record that'll be coming out at the end of October. That's um, a super smash. It's it's a remake as well. It's a flip off of, of an old rock song into some Latin. It's a very very interesting song. So I'm excited about that. Um, collab. I'm collabing with Steve Aoki and, and Willie William on like this EDM mambo type of sound that'll be coming out at the end of the year as well. Um, yeah, man, and then, and then you know we're, we're getting back into some hip hop stuff too, man. Like you know what I'm saying? I've been working on. I, I just want to. I don't want to feel left out of that thing when it's such a part of us. You know what I'm saying? I feel That's, like I'm waking up just going. And I'm like, no, I need you know boom bap. I need fucking 808. I'm like you know, and so that 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 thing and that hip hop, you know. So we're starting to you know we're gonna go sit down at ATL and work with, with quite a few artists on some stuff, man. Easy. I've been talking to Bun B about doing a Playing Skills Bun B project. Legendary. Bun and Scarface, who you mentioned you work with early. That's, he's always been in my top 10. Man, that was, a, that was an amazing, incredible. like that dude rapping was like, out of all the people I've ever worked with in the booth, that was like probably the illest shit, man. His presence is I was like, that voice world. comes on, it's like, and again, it's so under, Appreciated with with like the youth and people like they how quickly we, we forget how do we leave Scarface in the top ten man like we should never and even in the top ten albums of all time personally mm -hmm. Scarface the fix absolutely still to this day man a and, lot of people know. don't realize that was um, uh, Mike Dean's big that, and so let's be clear Mike Dean and Travis Scott like Bingo. for so, the people that don't know do the do do the math yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying like your favorite young rapper who's inspiring, you know, the biggest hip hop is being produced by Mike Dean, who did Scarface and Rap-A-Lot Records. That's right. How dope is that, man? And the fix, I really feel like, was the pinnacle of just like it all came together That sound is like, Mike Dean's just like, he's, man. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a fucking genius. And, and again, you know, look at that guy, how he's rebranded and, and evolved and yeah. like, yo, man. Scarface the Fix sonically has nothing to do with what he's doing with Travis and what he's done with Kanye. Absolutely. But it evolved from that. Absolutely, And man. it all comes from something. And I think that's dope, man. And, and pe we should take notes. And every time I speak, I try to beat that up, man, and, and, and do all that. And I think platforms like this, these podcasts, man, is like the new wave of like, because, you know, like the OGs and and and... Uh, the guys have been around for a long time. We're always like, man, like the kid, the youth is not educated. Well, because there's not platforms for them to like be educated on. Like, let's be real. Well, the radio stations not gonna stop and be like, hey guys, remember Scarface? And let's go deep. Yeah, you know you what I'm know. saying? Like, D this, your drink champs, and I can go, you know, like. Shout out DJ EFN, by the way. Legend. That's the old homie. Yeah. I, I met EFN with Guru when I was a kid. We went to his crib and we touched down in Miami. We hosted a mixtape right. for EFN, and I've. Another guy who's been able to reinvent himself with, with, with drink champs and, and and Nori, you know what I'm saying? Like that's another whole platform. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the whole point of this project. Yeah. I called it the moment of truth to honor my brother Guru. Yes. You know what I mean? He gave me my start and 
you know, for me, I just wanted, like you said, to have a platform where we could kind of, you know, uh, show what's behind the curtain and what's behind the scenes and really speak to people like you yeah. who made these songs yeah, with their yeah. hands. Yeah, absolutely. And, and get to tell the story because there's there's not even 20 seconds on commercial radio to have these, no, these kind of conversations. Not, and then the radio interviews are so fabricated with like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not even fabricated. It's like they don't have that type of, you know, freedom to be able to like go in depth, man, and all that. So I think like these platforms in the near future, man, they're just gonna, they're only gonna get bigger, man. I, I, I'm, I think that more artists are gonna jump into this and DJs and are gonna jump into like doing, cause it's interesting, man. It's like the behind the scenes, how did it happen? I bet you a lot of people didn't know that Mike Dean is the same guy, that, 100%, you know what I'm saying? Like they do not know that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? They, they it's just, it's mind blowing. So we can't really be mad at the youth because they're not educated and, yeah. and they, they forget because they don't know. If they did, they'd be like, oh. That's crazy. That's dope. You know Let me go download the fix right now. Absolutely. I don't think that it's, it's like um, totally on purpose Yeah. because we want to blame them. No, man, they're just young kids, man. You know and we that? need more uh, you know, gate, uh, you know, gatekeepers in hip hop to be like responsible about educating. Like, 100%. This, this is the top 50 albums of all time. Like if you're gonna call yourself hip hop, you're gonna be in this business, go do the research and Absolutely. make sure you understand these yeah. projects and then take it wherever you wanna take it. Yeah, you know? and you know, I, I, another comparison is like, well, that's with music, but like, I, I have a teenager son, right? And he loves basketball. And he's like, Steph Curry and, and LeBron. He's like, and very early on, I was like, no, no, no. Check Magic Johnson out. You wanna talk about somebody who can pass, that's the illest, Michael Jordan. So. I started to educate him and he went back and now he's like a 90s, like, you know, That's head. Man. And he know he can tell you the 1994 finals of Reggie Miller, nine points and like this and that. So he's really, really up on that. But his father educated him to be up on that, which will make him a smarter basketball player Absolutely. into that. But these are, this is what I'm saying. I think like we- We gotta start pumping out smarter culture. artists and smarter producers now. Let's hope. You know what I'm saying? Let's hope, and and I'm all for that, man. I'm 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 excited um, of our evolution, man. We've we've taken on a role as creative directors at, at a music publishing where we're signing writers and producers. We're giving young guys or or any guys that have dope stuff going on, giving them a platform to team up with us and and get their music in front of people because that's like the hardest thing and frustrating thing, man. It's Find like, a lane and an outlet for your music. Man, I, I remember man, just begging for the day that I could actually be in the studio with the artists. Like, even to this day, I hate when they're like, email me, I'm like, fuck that, man. You know like, why? Because so much, from an artist's perspective, gets lost in the translation of you mapping the record out for the person you're pitching it to. Right. Like, this is what I hear there. I know I might have not, you know, uh, executed that hook properly, but if I can be relay there. it to you, you're gonna understand, okay, yeah, yeah, I totally see it now. Bro, that and, and a fucking laptop like the sound sucks, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking. I, I know that I send artists sometimes. They're on. They're literally like in a car on a plane. They're like hearing my music on a on a phone. I'm like, dude, you know how long that took? You EQ <laughs> that fucking 808. You're bro? like, oh yeah, you you had this for a year and a half before. It was but yeah, it's alright. And I listened to it for 30 seconds. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Yo, bro, you're like, like it's no, my life, bro. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm totally against. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. Let me. Where are you at? Yeah. You know, let me, where you at? I don't, if, I don't care, let's get in a car. I, like, I'll bring a fucking portable speaker to your goddamn room and be like, at least hear the goddamn bang and hear my pitch. Because that was like the, what people don't understand for the playing skills, like that was like the illest shit about it. It's like, man, I'm the king of selling you a record. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm one of the guys, I'm a DJ Khaled is like the best, by the way. I, 
And I will, because I'll tell you why I think it's a hit record, right? Like this chorus is perfect for you. This is why it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Only 12 bars, why? Because this, this, and that. Because sometimes a producer will try to convince an artist and the really good artists are gonna, okay, I'll listen to you, but why? Sell me on this. They gotta feel it. Yeah. it you know what I'm saying? They gotta be excited about the record. Right, absolutely, man. I, I remember actually with, with Con Calma, um, moving the Como Te Llamas, baby, the intro, that was at the end of the song. That mm -hmm. came after Snow's verse. And I was like, Yankee, this melody is too amazing. This is why. Well, I think a lot of people also don't realize, like, as a producer, that is such a huge part of what you do yeah. as being a real producer. There's a lot of beat makers, a lot of people who could make a dope-ass beat, put a few chords on it, but to actually structure the song that's, that's to make a, it a smash. It's a record producer. There you go. Record producer. Then Absolutely. You, yeah, I mean, look, look how the game has changed, man. You can lease a beat right now that's jamming for $25 on the net. That is mind-blowing to me. But what's the difference is they don't have records. Right. They well, you know, beat. you just grab the audio, a, a shitty MP3 file, and, you know, and you throw it in your, your, you know, your little setup that you have at home. And, I mean, it's so crazy to me. They're like, take it, $25, right? Take the shitty MP3 file, dump it into wherever they're going to record their vocals on their computer, record it by themselves, right? Mix it themselves, throw it on SoundCloud, Go on social media all day and ask everybody, please listen, please listen, please listen, please listen, please listen, until you have so many people that you just bug the fuck out of, right? And then you build and then something accidentally happens. Meanwhile, the art of like mixing the record, producing record, totally the sound lost. is fucking completely lost. Totally you know, lost. so that, I'll, I'll say this to everybody in the game. The good ones, don't do that. Never. Travis Scott, Mike Dean, Big Sean, Drake, like hip hop's finest, no, they take their time. Absolutely. They get, there's 40 involved, there's whoever, all these amazing sound geniuses, yeah. right, that go in and sculpt this. That's why they're at the top of the realm. And then you got the other guys that do that. I had somebody tell me that uh, kids today would rather be YouTube celebrities mm -hmm. than Hollywood actors. Yes, my son is one of them. <laughs> he told me, he's like, no, 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 I'm like, I, and he had a whole plan. He's like, you know, I'm gonna do this YouTube thing and I can make blah, 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 because this gamer it's you awesome. know, is doing it. But, and there is a model of that that is a business. I'll say that. There are a lot of kids, a lot of you know, young people that have ma are making a living being YouTubers, and they're really smart about doing that. Yeah. that but let's not get that confused about th the great artists that are in this world. I mean, we still have people that have amazing voices that should be able to sing and doesn't have to run it through fucking 25 Melodyne things and auto tune. We still, no, let's, let's, let's protect that that yeah. side of the art, and then we can still live in the YouTube world as well. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. Well, no, we want that, because I like the 1.5 billion views that we have on the record. Fuck That's yeah. fine, too. Without YouTube, we wouldn't have a billion people watching our video, right? But you know, the video was done right. The record was mixed super right. And that's what a lot of people don't realize, that you know maybe that viral success you're looking for has a, has a ceiling if it's not you know done properly. Absolutely, I mean, and then he thought this out, like, when am I gonna drop this record? Like like I said, two years, like for us to figure out the perfect timing to release this record. Now this That's record will be around jump. 12 years. A lot 50. of people feel like, oh, if, 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 if I don't drop it in the moment, it's not gonna be relevant anymore, it's not gonna be hot. Well then what type of, what type of song do you have anyways? Bingo. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what are we doing? You're just riding song? today's wave. That's, That's already old anyways, if you did it. And you know what? That will get you exactly what New Music Friday and all this other, you click, you listen, and then you're out.
Gongama will be around, mark my word, another 10 years. Just like Ryan Dirty's been around for 15 years. Got Money's been around for 11 years. One of them girls has been around for almost In seven former years. former 25 years. Okay, these are all songs that are very well thought out. In amazing songwriters, engineers, producers, you know, artists. You know, and this, like classic movies, they stick around. Why are people still watching Scarface? Like, it's not... I mean, it doesn't look the best, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't even, there's sound bites that are illest. Okay, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that. It's just ill. Right, you know what I'm saying? So I stand for that, and I hope, like, the youth and, and the inspiring people will be like, no, let's take advantage of being able to buy music software like Logic. It's like 300 bucks. Are you kidding me, bro? Then you can make beats for 300 bucks? I can buy a Casio keyboard for $300. Like, when I was, I was, figuring out how to buy a Triton and a fucking Motif. And I was like, Korg saving, <laughs> right, Korg, you know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck am I gonna get this keyboard? I'm so broke, $1,200, like, oh my God. You made me 1200 and now like, that's just for the keyboard. You got to pay your dues to be able to attempt to call yourself a producer. Bro, there's amazing, I'm, I'm gonna give another gem, right, for all the producers out there. There's Splice, there's uh, Tracklib, these are sites that you go on and you pay a monthly subscription, $7.99 to $9.99. And you, are, you have unlimited, unlimited samples. Cleared samples. Cleared samples, sounds, drums. I'm talking about a million plus in your bank. Man, I, it would take me a whole Saturday for eight hours to go find one clean kick <laughs> from one vinyl that I paid $12.99 for an LP, $6.99 for a single. So I had to buy one piece of vinyl Right, for the price of what people are getting for a million sounds. It's unbelievable. The resources no, that are at your fingertips. Absolutely. So I, I empower that. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Let's do that. I use it. Look, I went, I'm from the NPC days, but no, man, I get stuck. I'll go to all these little sites, man, and I go, I'll find a vocal chop or, or a chord. I may come back and replay it so I can have mine, but I might be stuck in you know, my inspiration, but at least I can put something up on you know, on, on a track and be like, okay, I like the vibe, now I'm gonna write the lyrics or write the song according to it. Now I'm gonna go have skills replay the progression however it fits to us. But we had that in our hands. No way, not even 10 years ago, man. You had yeah. to have, I mean, we, we had keyboards, man. We had to travel with a Triton, a Motif, a MPC box, I mean, to a studio session. Imagine that, that's crazy. Now, man, I could probably show up on my iPhone. You know what I'm saying? I can show my iPhone and be like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, I can literally, on GarageBand, throw the files in there. If I just need a quick edit and like make the edit of a track on my fucking phone, in my pocket. This is the truth, you know what I'm saying about that? And I'm not against that, but then there's another side to that. Okay, you do that, that, and, and now we work smarter, you know, with what's going on. But then the ending result still needs to be the same with the engineer mixing the record down. Doesn't have to, you know, we don't SSL or anything necessarily because we have all the plugins in the world that mimic that without having to get the fucking million dollar board, right? Yeah. And the big old space. Of course. But, you know what I'm saying? Still, go find the plugins. Go do the homework. You know what I'm saying? Go take, yes, these masterclasses. Are you kidding me? Timbaland has a masterclass? Timbaland has a masterclass. Motherfucker, sign up. Yeah. That's the greatest. He's telling you how I make my beats. What? I wish. But you know what's sad? That there's so much at our fingertips that sometimes it's like a drop in the ocean. It can be so overwhelming, like, you know? Bro, and Armin Van Buren had when I was like that electronic, I was like, he's showing you how to do a trance build, bro. Because I used to listen and go, man, how in the fuck did he do that, man? Yeah. And now he's going, well, on this one, are you, bro, are you crazy? Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's the world that we're in and we're blessed, man. Let's take advantage of that because now we're gonna, but let's reach back and, and, and take 
you know, all the good art that, that people put, you know, so much time into, into doing, man. From the Motown to the early 80s pop. I love like the early 80s pop melody stuff. Fuck yeah. To, to you know, the early 90s real hip hop shit. To shit. the 2000s mesh of the hip hop and R&B to where we're at now. You know what I'm saying? Like put it all together, man, and, and you will be that dope if you educate yourself to do that. You know? Absolutely, man. Play so good to finally connect with you, my yes, brother. Yes, my brother. Thank, Thank you. you for your contributions to the culture. Thank you. And continue winning, my brother, man. Thank Couldn't you, man. be happier for you guys. Next time you guys are in Montreal, we'd love to have you and your brother on. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. My man, Play, Playing Skills, producer extraordinaire, Grammy Award winner in Thank the you. building. Yes. I am your host, Bless, the MOT Podcast. Peace.